0: Good morning, church, and uh, I just praise God that I'm able to be here with you this morning. It's glad to be back after a couple of weeks off and being refreshed, enjoying some time with my family, and I hope that you've enjoyed the school holidays, whatever you're up to. Uh, I know that uh, the Lord was watching over you and keeping all safe. So I just want to say thank you for praying with us during the week, in particular over last weekend, and I'll share a little bit more on that a little bit later on. Uh, as we get into the message, but uh, just just to begin today, I want to say thank you for that. You know, next week we're really excited that we're going to be coming back together, and I, I hope you are starting to build up in anticipation on what God's going to do as we join back together, meeting together as one church, um, looking forward to the two services that we'll be holding here in 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 the church facility. And looking forward to seeing the church come back together. That's the church body. Uh, so I want to encourage you this week to keep an eye out on the emails, even listening to the announcements that have happened uh, even through this service. And keep an eye on the social media, all the different uh, vehicles that we've got to be able to communicate these things and uh, so that we can keep information hot and coming towards you. So just check your emails. Make sure during the middle of the week you just see if there's one there from the church so we can... Keep communicating and talking about the instructions of how we'll we'll be able to make these services a reality. Uh, Ultimately, we'll have to adapt to some changes. And uh, in particular, over this next season, we're not sure what's going to happen with the government regulations and all those sorts of things. So I just ask that you'd have an open heart and uh, be, be willing and able to jump in and help out wherever you can. Uh, if one of the ushers or one of the staff, one of the uh, the, the, the leaders asks you to be able to do something, just just with a happy heart and, and, and a joy on your face, just, just say, yep, I can do that and make it work. Um, one of those changes that really ha- is going to have to happen is that we're going to need to book in to come to church or to attend church each week. Uh, so there'll be more about that over the next week, but but you'll need to actually... Uh, book a free ticket to come and attend church. and So, so just keep an eye on that and um, be sure to jump in pretty quick and that's a way that we're going to handle doing the different numbers and making sure that we um, stay safe and with the regulations and, and all the things that happen there. So I'd encourage you to keep an eye on the website because more will be happening and information transfer through there. It's really important to stay aware of these things in this time because... Uh, the last thing we want is a, a negative press around, you know, say for example, a sickness breakout or, a, or an illness breaking out within the church. Uh, that's not the kind of press we kind of want to be looking for. And, and just be careful around that area. And uh, at the same time, the last thing we want uh, is for that to, to, to just really pull down the name of all the good work that God's been doing here. And uh, so that the other thing we don't want to happen is for a massive fine to um, be on the church because I don't think that would be a good stewardship. So please be aware, you need to book in and get some tickets to come to church over the next little while. Um, in saying that, our church online will continue and more will be announced during the next week for sure. So feel free to book tickets and come and attend or feel free to stay at home and to continue to attend from from your living room or your bedroom or however you've been participating in church over the last few months. you know Times really are crazy, and, and I just really want to quickly encourage you before we get right into this. Listening to all the media hype is, um, when I look around, it's bringing a lot of stress and a lot of worry into people, and it's causing a lot of anxiety, and I really do hope that you were um, able to be encouraged through the messages that we've shared over this time. But I am aware that people are starting to show signs of wear and tear, um if you are showing some signs of anxiety or stress or those sorts of things can I encourage you this morning to turn off the news give yourself a break and you know let's just turn to God turn to God in prayer open your bibles instead of turning on the television just spend that time with God and and allow him uh to to speak to you and to bring calm into the situation and you know allow his peace to to overcome all the things that are worrying us and bring comfort into the situation because this whole, uh, this whole thing that's, that's coming against the world at the moment is really trying to break us and its intention is to, in, uh, to definitely divide uh, in particular those who are unified and I can say that it's trying to divide the church and our en- enemy is really driving us to fear so my question in all of this is where is our peace Where is our hope? Have we forgotten that series that we went through in Romans 8 where I was extremely encouraged in being able to bring those messages to you? I would hope that the word encouraged you in that season. Where are all the discoveries um, that we've found in Jesus in this time? Because the reality is that he's right here next to us, within us, surrounding us to help us through. There's a lot I can actually say about this, but the reality is people are are scared. You look around and more and more people are starting to be scared. And scared people do irrational things. And ultimately the media have a lot to answer for in this season. But we can choose to believe what we hear, or we can choose to understand things a little more, and seek to protect ourselves and our loved ones. But then there's the other side of this, that we can choose to get defensive and judgmental of, of what's going on and we can start to attack the media and we can start to attack the people who are feeling anxiety and and acting irrational or scared in those sorts of ways But, but ultimately as Christians what we need to do is choose to action love compassion choose to understand and offer grace instead of judging each other's feelings and emotions can we come together in this at this time so the world really is in a crazy state and many people are sick and dying, if you look around at the news, like some of us have, it can seem a little bit scary. And you know, sometimes quoting facts and figures, it really can help no one, it can actually stir the crazy, if you know what I mean. I choose to believe, and I hope you choose to believe, that God's church, God's children are better than this. I choose to live in faith and not in fear. I choose to fear not, But only believe. And that's the title of my message this morning. I choose to fear not, only believe. And our opening scripture for today will help us to recalibrate. So close your eyes as I read this to you this morning. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart, almost like a prayer, as I read this morning. So my first reading is Psalms 121. And it says this, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. What a promise. The Lord himself Watches over you The Lord stands beside you As your protective shade The sun will not harm you by day Nor the moon at night The Lord keeps you from all harm And watches over you and your life The Lord keeps watch over you As you come and go Both now and forever What an amazing encouragement and promise that comes from this psalm if we can only remember a few weeks ago we discovered that god is working things out for the good of those whom he calls and the reality is church if you're listening to me this morning god has called you and we find that passage of scripture in romans eight twenty-eight. we must start here no matter what happens what comes against us eventually we win What a great promise that is. Even death loses its sting in the light that it is only a threshold to cross into an eternity with Papa God. God watches over us, and even when things are bad, we must ask who Father is for us in these times so that we may grow instead of allowing fear overcome and dictate terms. In the midst of all fear and anxiety, Jesus truly becomes the Prince of Peace. I want to share a quick testimony, uh, quickly to illustrate this for you so that you can understand how practical these things really are. You may remember Last week on on, on, uh, Facebook, on our uh, church Facebook and our our school Facebook pages, and even on my own, if you follow me, uh, that that, uh, I asked us all to pray because we had a very important inspection to see uh, Verity Christian College uh, recommended to go to secondary school for next year. You know, that was an amazing day where I woke up. Some would say, you know, it would be a day of, Uh, fear and trepidation you know because you're not sure of the outcomes but you know i woke up that morning and uh, i was encountering the joy of the lord for some that i spoke to that day there was a little stress a small amount of anxiety uh, yet with the staff and the pastors gathering to pray that morning i could only sense faith in the room the work had been done everything was ready and now It was up to two inspectors, our beloved principal, and a simple man, myself, so out of my depth in the natural, but with God all things are possible. This is what I've learned about Jesus. He never fails when we are in the middle of his will. The good news is, while we cannot state that we are fully yet approved to go to secondary school these are the exact words of those two inspectors that day we can press ahead with our plans with full confidence now praise God what an exciting outcome and a wonderful piece of news that we got that day in the middle that morning in the middle of our prayer time I was reminded of a story of the prophet Elisha who was in a very awkward position Yet he never doubted God. Just like Elisha, God would not let us stumble. And we prayed for the inspectors to feel welcome as they stepped into our church and school, to experience God's presence and sense something different about our school. And from the first meeting that morning, they couldn't stop smiling. Like I said, there was just a joy in my heart. Their feedback was extremely positive and helpful, and their demeanor as they toured the site was also positive. They saw our plans for growth and and you know quite frankly they were impressed. They saw the miracle classrooms that were built in early 2018 outside and they heard of how we achieved as a church and a school community this project in under six weeks and this gave them confidence in us to be able to move to the next level and finally they left I believe full of joy like it was a pleasure for them to fly into Griffith from Sydney only to spend an hour and 40 minutes here on site just to experience the love and grace that is encountered at our church and our school. How great is our God? Mr. Fox read that afternoon. He went into his, his office and he looked at his desk calendar. On there was the scripture for his day. And, and sometimes I wish, you know, I think he would have, re- would have really loved to have read this scripture first thing that morning. Let me tell you how God had all things in hand. This was what his verse was that day. Deuteronomy 31 and verse 8. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. You will he will be with you, and he will neither fail you nor abandon you. How good is that? What an encouragement for our staff and our community to hear. So from that testimony. I want to move now into the main body of this message, which is really the story that came to mind in that morning as we prayed together for those inspectors. It's the story of elisha, it's that one that came to mind. If you would open your Bibles, I want to read to you this morning from second Kings chapter six. As I read this, I want to quickly move through six points that come directly out of this text and i'll move through them quickly so will you keep up and listen as we go today second kings chapter 6 verses 8 to 10 says once when the king of syria was warring against israel he took counsel with his servants saying at such and such a place shall be my camp but the man of god sent word to the king of israel beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are going down there. And the king of Israel sent to the place ab- about which the man of God told him. Thus he used to warn him, so that the S- he saved himself more there, he saved himself there more than once or twice. The first point this morning is really this God knows your plans even before you do there this is what brings us as children to god in confidence that god knows your plans even before you do before the foundation of the world god knew you he they would he would be here for you and he knew that today you would be listening to this very message god knows what you were thinking what you are feeling, and more importantly, God knows what you need. God knows if you will have opposition. God supplies grace in difficult times, and he gives wisdom and abundance. This should bring us mega confidence. And add to this that God dwells within us by his spirit. And when we tune into him, we can build this confidence like Elisha's, foiling the enemy's plans once again. So God knows your plans even before you do. Listen to this in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. One of my favorite verses, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. What a promise. So our second point today moving into this, is really found in the next portion of the scripture, 2 Kings 6, 11 to 14. And the point is this, our enemy gets all stirred up when we listen to God. When we listen to his teachers, when we listen to his prophets, when we listen to those who are leading us, the enemy gets stirred up when we listen to God. Listen to this story. And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me who is for us? Or sorry, will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? The king of Syria thought there was a traitor in the camp. And verse 12, And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel he tells the king of israel the words that you speak in your bedroom in that place of privacy god was listening and communicated to elisha his plans the king's plans in verse 13 and he said go and see where elisha is that i may send and seize him it was told him behold he is in dotham So he sent there horses and chariots and a great army and they came by night and surrounded the city. When we start to draw near to God when we begin to read his word when we spend that time of intimacy where we're praying with God throughout the day even we take a faith step to pray in the spirit each and every day whether it be 5 minutes or 50 minutes The enemy is stirred up, and he tries everything in his power to intimidate us. In this case, in this story, the king sent his entire army to catch one man. How powerful was this prophet, Elisha? I want to tell you this this morning. You are that important in the scheme of things. How can I say that? When you've learnt all your life that you're a sinner, that you're not even worthy of God's presence, how can I say that? Well, the ultimate reality is when God accepted you, now you are his son, a co-heir with Christ. Now as a follower of Christ, you are to be and do the things that Jesus did. You are to intimidate and infuriate the enemy by being a representative of God's kingdom. The same way Jesus did. You infiltrate by love. You infiltrate by compassion. You show kindness. You share the love and grace of God, but it infuriates the enemy. You need to catch this with your whole heart, church. Listen, 1 John 4 verses 15 to 17. John writes this, the lover of Jesus, the one who had his head on Jesus' chest, he writes, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love, abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence. Catch this, confidence for the day of judgment because as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Did you hear me? As he is, as Jesus Christ is, so are we in this world. We need to capture that with our entire heart. You see, when we start to listen to God, it stirs up our enemy. But take courage in that. Because in times of great trial, this is my third point, in times of great trial, who do we fear? The next verse spells this out for us. Verse 15. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, Behold, an army with horses and chariots were all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what should we do? In this servant, well, let me ask you this question. Is this servant in fear or is this servant in faith? I don't know about you, but I would like to see and believe that eventually he comes to a place of faith. I see him walking with the great prophet Elisha, the one who obviously hears clearly from God, who does wonderful things in the name of God. But like many, it's easy to forget what God has already brought them to and through. Is our fear in what we see with our eyes and hear with our ears and listen to when it comes to the media? Or is our fear really reverence for the one in whom we trust? When I allow the fear of the Lord to overcome me, which is a good thing, everything around me fails into insignificance. When we truly revere our God, we are caught up in his wonder, his beauty. When we're caught up in his praises and his love, how can any enemy scare us? Because if God is for us, seriously church, who can be against us? We learnt that Romans 8, 31. When God is for us, who, what, whatever, how can it be ever against us? We have God on our side. It's like having our, our heads and our thinking, is it, is it based wholly and solely in this world? Or are we really driven by eternity? And we see the things that God is doing and we know that we get to spend that eternity with God. If God is for us, seriously, who can be against us? Our fourth point today really is this. Faith brings confidence. Second Kings 6.16 He said this, this is uh, Elisha to his servant. Do not be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Elisha and his servant were alone in the physical, in the natural, in, in everything around them. They were alone. But faith brings confidence. And let me say this, in this as part of the, second po- uh, the fourth point. If faith brings confidence, fear reveals ignorance. It really does. And I know that might sound harsh, but fear reveals ignorance. Elisha could see something his servant couldn't. Elisha knew God. He knew that God was with him, that the commander of the angel armies was right there for him. This is what it is like. This is what it was like for me on Monday. It is what it was like for me when I stood before the teachers and we said that everything, God has got this in control it was what it was like for me when I, when I became the senior minister your senior minister here at church it was in the middle of my most terrifying time I nearly lost my wife it was a terrifying time but I said yes to God because I could see beyond the current circumstances that I, I was able to see with my natural eyes what it meant for me I don't know if I've ever shared this with you But what it meant for me was that in saying yes to God, in his call to see me step into this role, it was like God's promise to say, I've got your wife covered. And he was able to look after Sarah and bring her through and heal her. And it was an amazing thing, a boost of confidence in my faith. It was what enabled me back in 2015 to stand before the Griffith City Council, the first time I'd ever addressed a public meeting like that. And to stand up before their councillors and to, to plead on behalf of the church and, and what be, has now become Barnabas House. And to see the recommendation of Griffith City Council overturn the recommendation of the council staff. And Source Church became caretakers of what was known as Barnabas House. You see, faith brings confidence. I was once told that my faith brought around a sense of arrogance or pride. But I don't ever believe that. Actually, that was an attack of the enemy. Faith ultimately brings confidence. Not confidence in my own ability, and it should be the same. Not confidence in your own ability, but confidence in God. To have fear overtake you, it highlights that you need to press in deeper to know your Father God more. That his promises and his passion is for you that he will never leave you as one of his children. That's what faith does. It helps us overcome fear and it helps us become children in this world of God. My fifth point really is this. Prayer reveals God's plans and his grace enables you to succeed. 2 Kings 6:17. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. What an amazing vision. It was through this prayer and communion with Jesus that he reveals who we are. And what we are called to do. The same as it was with Elisha. It is through prayer that grace is released to achieve. This is why I asked us all to pray in relation to Monday. Because I knew that prayer would release the grace and favor of God to see us achieve. All the work in the natural was done. It was now up to these two inspectors. And they encountered grace and favour and the love of God, all because you joined us in prayer. Prayer reveals God's plans and his grace enables you to succeed. Our sixth and final point for today is this. The story reveals God's redemptive purpose. This is an amazing story. I don't know if you've read this story before, but this story in particular captures my heart. I've been thinking about it all week since Monday. This story reveals God's redemptive purposes. My mind was blown when I saw this. Most people, when they're talking about this passage of Scripture, or when they're reading it, they, they kind of stop at the angels' armies all, uh, and the chariots of fire. They stop there because of the glory that is seen in this passage. But the story continues after this point. And it truly reveals the heart of God. And I'd love to read you this part of the story. Remember this. Elisha is a prophet of God Almighty. This is so good. Read this with me. Verse 18 to 23. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. And Elisha said this to them. This is not the way and this is not the city. So we've got thousands of blind people and Elisha leads them out of this place looking for him. They have no idea who they are, where they are, who Elisha actually is now. And he led them to Samaria. As soon as they entered Samaria, Elisha said, O Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they saw. What a miracle. And behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. As soon as the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elisha, get this. Elisha has led this army who were blind right into their enemy camp, into the camp of the Israelites. The Israelites could have slaughtered them, could have taken them out, could have completely had a victory, but this was not the purpose of God in this situation while it preserved Elisha it also did something very significant in this army as soon as the king of Israel saw them he said to Elisha my father shall I strike them down I'm glad the king asked that messy that that question shall I strike them down he answered you shall not strike them down Would you strike down those whom you have taken captive with your sword and with your bow? In other words, if you're a prisoner of war, if you've taken prisoners of war, would you then stoop as low as striking them down and killing them? No. He says this, Set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. What a phenomenal turnaround. Verse 23. So he prepared for them a great feast. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away and they went to their master. And the Syrians did not come again on raids into the land of Israel. There was a sense of peace between in this time between the Israelites and the Syrians. That's an amazing turnaround without any bloodshed. While an entire army came against Elisha, because the Lord was revealing their schemes, God's purposes were revealed through Elisha. The same as God's purposes can be revealed through you, even today. These men could have all been slaughtered due to their blindness, yet the mercy of God is revealed in Elisha's response. How our enemy mounts up against us. And you could be feeling even right now that your Christian voice and even your conservative morals may be under attack. You could be trolled over the internet. You could be trolled over your social medias. Maybe you even have been over this time and you're starting to feel that the world is against you. Let me encourage you today, church. Look up. Where does your help come from? It doesn't come from the mountains. It doesn't come from having an army. It doesn't come from seeking solace from your best friend or your brother or your sister. No, your help, your wisdom, your acceptance and your courage, all of those things, they come from God. And just like this army, it is it, it was where it was blind leading the blind in a sense. They had no idea where they were except the voice of Elisha. You don't have a call to destroy the blind, but show kindness and love. You have a responsibility to reveal the compassion of God and to tell them of how Jesus died upon the cross, to set them free. That you reveal the grace and mercy of God to them, just like Elisha and the king of Israel did to these people in Samaria. You know, we can lose ourselves in all of this stuff, the internet, and getting caught up with different conspiracy theories and all that sort of stuff. But when we put God and our faith in him first, we will see a victory. You, like Elisha, are surrounded by an amazing cloud of witnesses. So pray. Ask Jesus to open your eyes to the reality that is. Why? Because no matter what you're going through, if God is for you, then tell me, who can be against you? I think that's such an awesome message for you today, church. It really speaks to my heart, even as I deliver it. It might be coming through the TV, But hear the heart of God. Allow the Spirit to minister to your heart this morning, to heal you, to take away the anxiety and the fear, to forgive those who have persecuted you, to forgive those who have said things about you online. So let me wrap this up in in conclusion today. My six points were this. Number one, God knows your plans even before you do. How exciting is that? Secondly, our enemy gets all stirred up when we listen to God. So let's do it even more. Let's listen to God, read his word, listen to his teachers and prophets and leaders. Take it back to the word and and say, God, what are you saying to me in all of this? Number three, in times of great trial, whom do we fear? Well, I want to say, let's fear God in reverence and lift him high in our praises. Number four, faith brings confidence. Fear reveals ignorance. Number five, prayer is so important. Prayer reveals God's plans and his grace enables you to succeed. And number six, this story it reveals God's redemptive purpose. And as the church in this season of grace, aren't we all about revealing God's redemptive purpose? What is God's redemptive purpose in this time of trial? What is God's redemptive purpose as the fear of coronavirus is going around everywhere. Well, let me tell you. Death is real. Every one of us will step through that threshold one day. Every one of us will meet our God and our maker. And every one of us will be judged for the things that we've done. We have a responsibility, church. And even right now, I have a responsibility to tell you. That you can, you can approach the season of death the threshold into eternity. You can approach that with confidence and faith or you can approach it with fear and trepidation. But when you have Jesus, there is no fear because we know how we will be judged. We'll be judged according to what Jesus did upon the cross and we'll be accepted into an eternity. Yes, yes, we'll be judged for what we do, but on a positive note, not on the negative because Jesus paid it all. Church, this morning, I want to encourage you. Press into God. Believe Jesus. Overcome your fears. Faith is so much greater than fear. Let me pray for you this morning, church. And If I, something I've said to you has encouraged you and, and, and you don't yet know Jesus, maybe you'd just like to click on that little button that says, I raise my hand this morning. Maybe you want to invite Jesus into your heart. How about we do that right now together? Church, close your eyes and pray with me. Lord God, we thank you that faith overcomes all fear. I thank you today that I believe in Jesus. I thank you that I am secure in him. That by your spirit you live and dwell within me. How about you say this with me, church? I ask your Holy Spirit to come and live within me. Set me free. Take away my fear. Take away my anxiety. Replace it with peace, with joy, and the love of God. Father, we ask that you would wash us and cleanse us of our sins as we believe that Jesus died upon the cross for us. Thank you for the confidence that we have in you. And Lord, teach us to have a holy and reverent fear for you drive us into a deeper relationship knowing full well that as we draw near to God the promise is that you draw near to us Lord we love you we thank you for today encourage us we pray in Jesus name Amen God bless you church we'll see you all next week in this place have a great week Amen No that's it um, I really trust that you were, were blessed by Pastor Steve's word and if you did click on the raise my hand button uh, please follow through on that and uh, fill out the form and so that we can connect with you if you are seeing this through one of our other platforms be it YouTube, Facebook um, then we really uh, encourage you to leave a comment so that we can again connect with you get to know you We just don't want you to come here once off. We want to really uh, welcome you into our family. We want to be with you on the journey in Christ and see you flourish in all things that God has got for you. So I say um, goodbye to you and you have a great day and a great week. See you next time. God bless.